Sports stories from the 419 in Northwest Ohio brought to you by a voice you know. It's time to go around the area and around the Hearn. Hello there. Hi there. Sort of a different schedule for the show this week. Trying to get uh, a lot of these shows done as preview shows and uh, so much good information to get to in this one. There are some terrific coaches coming up here in just a few. This is actually uh, one of three shows that I have planned. Hopefully it stays like this uh, in the next couple of days. Already had the uh, golf talk. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you listened to it and didn't let Keith Utendorf run you off. But a uh, big, big week of uh, soccer already getting started later tonight. It'll be the Ottawa Glendorf ladies who will be in action. They'll be at Anthony Wayne. That you can hear on WZOQ Radio at 7 p.m. High school football kicks off Friday. You've got the uh, golf teams again in action to hear from Spencerville head coach Corey Zenz, Ottawa Glendorf coach Michelle Mag, Kenton coach Jamie Bartlett, Audeville boys coach Dustin Marquardt, Kaylee Yoder will talk about volleyball at St. Mary's, and the uh, ever-amusing Nick Wilson, whose uh, team is coming off of a win uh, last night as I taped this, uh, the uh, head girls coach at St. Mary's. I hope you enjoy all of these. Uh, not a lot of other things in this episode, just because there's so much to get to, and I hope you enjoy. Switching modes, going back in into uh, golf as we look at my alma mater in Spencerville and a uh, gentleman. I'm going to go ahead and use that term, even though I know far too many things about him, in the head golf coach in uh, Corey Zenz that uh, plays on some nice courses that maybe back in the day he and I would not be allowed to play on as a duo. <laughs> It's very possible that we would have been asked or maybe have been asked to leave some of these same courses. Uh, kind of uh, an interesting time for you guys in the, uh, I want to say we were talking about this earlier, the re-infancy of the golf program and that kind of what it was a couple of years ago and now kind of taking a couple of years off. It's already gone, though. I mean, you guys have already gone through two meets. That's That's something that you hit the ground running. Yeah, yeah. Uh, nice thing about golf is you, you know you're matched up against you know usually one conference opponent for the for the match, but you're playing against two or three other teams at the same time. You know for uh, non-league and you know your record gets established pretty quick. Fortunately, from as we got out there in the first match and got a win in right away and built the guys' confidence and you know got them excited to be out there. So that was nice. Uh, but yeah. Things are moving quickly. And it, I would think it helps for you as a younger coach in, in terms of years uh, with the program and with uh, sports in general that you've got uh, guys, I know we talked about, we have a mutual friend in Kevin Brandt at Lipsick that you're able to kind of maybe pick those guys' brain a little bit that they've been around of, okay, maybe how did you guys approach this at the beginning? Yeah, no doubt. Uh, last year especially, you know, we – I had a feeling going into it, you know, when I, when, when one of the students, uh, Michael Woods, you know, a few years ago approached me about starting up a golf, uh, because I teach in the middle school. So I was thinking of, you know, how many guys do I know in high school that I've ever heard talk about golf or play golf? And it, it, my student I knew. So I thought, okay, Michael, if, if you can get guys that want to come out and play. And I said that thinking, you know, I think it's going to be hard because I know, I know, you know, Mike Harmon struggled to get guys out when there was, you know, a lot of, he had some talent with his own sons there. So I thought, eh, 
we may not get a team. If we do, I, I'd be happy to coach it. And so Michael got some guys and, uh, last year really been the only one in, who'd ever played. So I, the, the funny thing is I sent out a little survey, uh, this kind of talking, getting off point a little bit, but last year when we started the team and I said, you know, what do you, you know, what do you shoot on? I got answers like, I don't know. I've never done that. Uh, so when I read those, I thought, uh Oh, <laughs> I knew that I knew going into last year, it wasn't going to be about winning matches, even though I'm a competitive person, I want to win. I know the guy and it was more about to learn the basics of golf. So getting with those coaches and going, Hey, how was it when you started out? You know, Kevin Brant, you mentioned, um, you know, they're excellent, but they, they, you know, everybody starts out rough and building a program and anything. So the improvement that I see from last year or this year from last year is, is awesome. Um, and those coaches have helped me a ton. They helped me with a lot of things last year and they're still helping me. So, um, I know the game of golf, but I don't coaching. It's a, it's a whole different thing. So, right. I've always said that too, of, you know, people have said uh, about maybe coaching kids and broadcasting or, and trying to explain things, uh, teaching it to them. And I said, I don't know how that would go because one of the hardest things is, okay, I know something, but how do I explain <laughs> it to you to where you feel like, you know, it. Yeah, Exactly. Those who can't do teach, uh, those who can't teach broadcast, I think is how that goes. I guess so. No, I, it's easy to show them. I stand up there all the time in practice, and I say, guys, just do this. And, you know, and they look at me like I'm crazy because <laughs> it's so much easier to say it and show it than the kids who have really not played a lot of golf. Um, so experience for me and them when we're out there every practice, I think I I learn a little bit more. I leave. The next time I'm going to, handle that a little different. I'm going to try this thing a little different. And I guess that's how you grow as, as a, as a coach or, you know, anything you do. So, um, yeah, but it's been fun. I'll tell you that we've had a lot of fun out there. Just the short few weeks we've been in the season, uh, compared to last year. I just think the guys are comfortable now. They know the rules of golf last year. There were matches. We went out there and guys still didn't really know the rules of how to play, you know, in different situations, what to do. So, I was on edge at all times worrying about making sure that they were making the right calls and uh, decisions. So this year is a little more laid back, which is nice. So what you're saying is, is that current age you, I won't date either one of us, could go back <laughs> and possibly teach 13-year-old you and I in my mom's side oh, yard uh, a couple of rules. I maybe that. Maybe not, <laughs> not uh, when to hit the ball. Yeah, I, we could have used that. That would have been nice back then. We could have used a lot of things. So these guys, if they had us, uh, you know, if we had guys like us, I should say back then, who knows? Uh, It's funny to watch these guys that first go out there and hit balls. Everybody wants to do what? What, What's every kid want to do when they get to a driving range? I would imagine Happy Gilmore. Pull, Pull out the driver and swing as hard as they possibly can. So the first thing I get out there and do is show them, hey, guys, I'm going to swing half the speed you swing and watch the difference on where the ball goes. And that's the first thing I always like to show the guys because they always think faster and, you know, harder is better. So that's the thing we get out of the way right away, day one uh, of practice. And, and it, the guys right away go, Oh, okay. And then getting better. That first, first lesson that you give on, on how fast to swing a club. So, yeah. Well, I, 
It's because it looks cool on TV that. when DeChambeau, you know, bends physics, and he's got that driver up over his head, and you think metal shouldn't bend like that. <laughs> and I want to do that. Yeah, everybody wants to do that. Right. My my grandma's golf clubs didn't bend like that. <laughs> she may have been missing oh, a couple man. of them afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's, that's a whole other one. Yep, yep, well, exactly. it is, it's fascinating to me, and I've asked uh, all the golf coaches that I've talked to about this, but with the way the season goes, it's, it's similar to baseball and softball in the spring in that you hit the ground and you better be already running because you're going to take less than 60 days and try to cram as much into it as you can before the season ends. Yeah, without a doubt. Things move quickly. Uh I had just brought that up the other day in practice. I, I, you know, when we go through things and I said, guys, at this point, we really are out of time to work on the golf grip. Like, you know, two days of messing around with the golf grip during practice. And we're out of time with that. Like we, you know, we can't really spend time on that. If you need to go home at night and you work, work on your golf grip while you're watching TV, do so please, because we, things move so quickly in this season. Uh, it's, it's a good thing and a bad thing, but, um, yeah, we're, uh, we got this week off and, and then we're back at it again. And then it's nonstop till, you know, like you said, you got 60 days or so, and then the seasons comes to an end. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's nice. It's a good season. It's a, it's a nice short season, but, um, you know, there's also, I wish we had more time to get a few more, uh, rounds of golf in too. So I think that's every golf coach ever. Oh Yeah. More rounds of golf, always. Player, <laughs> I just coach, wish I had more time to play golf. more golf. More golf is always better. Yeah, I, I haven't gotten to go for a couple of years now with COVID and the baby and everything. I, but I think that's probably good for the golf world. <laughs> it's good. Keeps things moving along a little faster out there on the course. Right. I mean, I don't understand these people that build you know houses on golf courses. They're just asking for it. <laughs> I've donated a few to those backyards. Right. I always tell my guys uh, we play Tamarack. Well, we pl- we practice and play at Tamarack, and I every time we're out there, I I tell the guys I, I don't even want you thinking aim as far away. From I don't care if trees on the right side, get away from those houses because I just know it's coming. I I don't want to hear that sound. So uh, that, that one big house in the in the field on the left side of one of those turns towards the end of the course really is just kind of asking for it. I agree. And my guys like to, and I, I have actually been guilty myself of putting them in, back, in the backyards over there. So I just don't want to hear broken glass. I don't, as a coach, I don't want to hear that from one of my players. So no. And the, uh, and the worst part is the sign is only like five yards off the back of the green. Correct. Well, I'm going to play correct. my ball out of your backyard. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> well, they just turn the sprinklers on, on you when you do that then. Well, that hasn't like happened to me what, yet. <laughs> they see me coming. They close the doors. Uh, but no, it is, knock on wood, though. My my guys, when they get on a hole that's tight like that, they know to to swing a little easier or pull out an iron and hit it, you know, straight. They know, so they do a nice job with that. Really They're controlling the ball. So. Well, and you've got I, two big meets. I mean, almost uh, you do two in three days. You go Monday, the twenty second against Ada at Tamarack, and then you turn around. And uh, take on a school I know you're very familiar with in Jefferson at the Country Club. Uh, is yeah. It, is it harder to kind of go back and forth the way your schedule goes to where you play a lot of afternoon, but you've got a, cu- a couple of the same clubs in the morning? I mean, 
have the guys gotten to the the point where you think it'll affect them one way or the other? They'll just, and I mean this in the uh, nicest way. I mean this in the nicest way that they're <laughs> they're golf ignorant in that they're not afraid yeah. of one way or the other. Yeah, I I was I was telling uh, it might have been uh, Brett Hammonds from Lincoln View the other day. We were at a, at our match, and I think I said that exact quote basically that we're so new to it that we're know what we don't know. You know, the, a lot of guys get up there and they get nerves and tension and they feel the pressure and and not saying our guys don't get that, but I think that they're so new to it that they don't they don't understand really golf to, to understand the pressure and how and, and that. Uh, so it's a blessing at the same time. It's also it's, it's why we're going to probably struggle to win too many matches this year because we are so new to it. But it's. It's fun. I think it makes coaching easier right now because the guys are learning so much so fast. Um, it doesn't matter what time of mornings, afternoons. It you know, I think last year we got out right away the matches and they were both uh, invitationals. You know, they, we played seventeen, eighteen teams in a couple Saturdays, and for my guys, just that amount of walking on a golf course, you know, for you know. Uh, and then you're out there all day long. I think it, it, it made my guys maybe rethink if they wanted to play golf, you know, uh, cause you're chasing a lot of shots around and you're, you're tired. It was, it was 90 some degrees when we played. So switched it up a little bit. We went first match being conference matches, uh, nine holes, um, in the evening, which was nice, you know, it was a little cool, um, and then last week it was 76 or so in our match, uh, you know, with lipstick. So, um, good way to start this year. It's been a little, a little more relaxed compared to last year. Hey, what do you frame from your first career win? I know a lot of coaches will get, you know, you get a basketball, you get a sign ball or whatever. I mean, what, what do you do? Just put a golf ball up on the mantle? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have card? an answer for that. <laughs> I guess. I mean, I that one. Uh, you got to get something. You got to have some kind of cool little memorabilia from that. You know, I, I, uh, I, that's one thing I need to ask the other coaches, you know, what, 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 uh, what do you get for that? What do you do? So, Just don't ask KB or Keith Utendorf. Uh, correct. Yeah. Don't, don't ask Actually, either one of those guys. Kevin is, Kevin seems to be my go-to for, for advice on a lot of things. He, he's a good dude. He's actually all the guys that have been in that are matches, uh, especially the, the Northwest conference coaches have, uh, They've all said, "Hey, don't worry. We we had no clue when we first started coaching. We messed a lot of things up and <laughs> getting advice on entering my rosters into the computer system and the scorekeeping system. They all said, "Listen, we we get it." So I get I take you know, I probably text a coach every couple weeks on something that I'm not sure about and they get right back with me. So, um, it's nice. It's a good group of guys. Uh, thank goodness because if if it weren't for them, I'd I'm not sure I would be able to, to coaching i would have a lot a lot more stress i would say well i said this before the crazy thing is we're in a cycle right now where it's pretty much just all the basketball coaches who are the golf coaches there's a lot of them i don't know what like that means guys. or former basketball coaches if yeah if not currently coaching a few i, I don't well, know I they don't have anything kevin, else to do i tried to get kevin sensible out to, to his son owen is playing this year and uh we golf a lot together we haven't this year because of uh, per things, but 
in the past, we've always golfed uh, quite a few times together in the summer together. And I said, yeah, I'd love to, have, you know, you should come out and help. And um, thinking he'd bite on that, you know, getting out there, get some free golf and working with the kids. And <laughs> But basketball takes over, you know, that's his, that's his thing. So he, uh, he, he's got um, his routine down by this he's point. He's got exactly the way I was going to say. He's got his routine. And, uh, but uh, a lot of coach, a lot of basketball coaches do coach golf. Um, so Jeremy Bass, he, he's helped. I, um, just with advice and things, and he's pretty laid back, so that helps. Um, you know, Hammonds is obviously a basketball coach there. Um, you know, Brant's going to be busy with watching his son at Finley. It's true. So, yeah, a lot of basketball background. Yeah, I don't know what any of that means. I just I figured that out one day. I'm like, there's a good percentage in the area. Yeah, this is a little bit more laid back than coaching basketball. I'd have to imagine. Just I watching. should hope so. <laughs> Like, otherwise, well, I feel like bit. feel like you're going to get canceled. Otherwise, <laughs> let's hope that doesn't happen. Yeah, I, I agree. Let's hope. Well, I'm excited for what you guys can do and continue to build a program. And obviously, uh, I wish you the best and both oh, uh, in a personal that. professional. Just because you know, I, I I like my alma mater to win things. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yep, I appreciate that. I know you. I know that you're you're a Bearcat always, man, and um. Our guys appreciate, you know, everything you do for the school that you've done and staying in touch with people and kids. And um, it's nice to talk to you and catch up. Just uh, we don't get enough time. No, I do what I can. Sometimes it works. Yeah, you do well. We appreciate it. That is the boys golf coach at Spencerville and Corey Sends. Back with some more here of this hilarity in just a few. Are you in Spencerville and looking for a place to eat before the Bearcats play? Well then, head to my place, 128 North Broadway, for deep-fried mushrooms, chili cheese fries, the best pie around, and soup of the day. If you're in a hurry and just want to order some to go, you can give Doug and his staff a call at 419-647-4062, and they'll have it ready for you. My Place Restaurant at 128 North Broadway in Spencerville, a proud supporter of Bearcat Athletics. Continuing on and talking about soccer coming up here in just uh, what seems like a few short days with the head coach of last year's state runner-ups and Michelle Mag. OG Soccer, 21-2 and last year. That had to be a heck of an experience, especially for you as someone who's grown up around that program and is now the head of that program. Yeah, it sure was a heck of a lot of fun last year. Um, just a really great group of kids, and I think we were – incredibly well-led from our senior class last year. So it was just really exciting to see them, right, to have a, a great successful season. And, and I think they set goals that were pretty much at that level early in the year. So it was great to see them accomplish those and work really hard to get there. Um, just just good to see Lady Time Soccer kind of back back at that high level where it was once before. And, and we're excited about that and want to keep moving forward. Goals is the one word that I would definitely associate with your program. Last year, you broke the school record for goals with 122 and you allowed a school record low 11. I mean, that's to do one in a year is great, but to be able to do two, I mean, that's a, a testament, obviously, to what you brought in as a first-year coach and the girls buying into everything pretty much all the time. Yeah, the girls did the work, like you said. Um, I think it's important that you have to be a great team on both sides of the ball. Um and, and I'm not one really to keep a close eye on records, but anytime you can, can be kind of on the top end of those record books, you know, you typically you've had a good season. So I think for the girls, just to understand that, that right, we're a defense first team. I think that is super important for us and, and something that the girls bought into. 
And when we play like that, I think it just feeds our offense. So, you know, if, if there's one thing we're looking for, right, is, is we want to be the hardest working defensive team um, in the league, in the area, in the state. And, and that's kind of what we're working towards. And, and once we're able to, to get that under our belt, right, goals just have a tendency to, to come a lot easier for us. And I think that's what started a lot of our attacks last year. And, and we kind of were, we were a high scoring team, but I, I think most of it started with the defense. And, and that's where a lot of the credit goes in my book. Well, and especially when you have a three-year starting goalkeeper in Abby Warnicke, she doesn't have to make near as many saves last year as she did the year before. It pretty much cut them in half. Uh, what was it about kind of her as a leader where it seemed like there were times that you guys, I don't know if it was a meeting beforehand or what, but it was they're not crossing the midline. Yeah, I mean, I, one of our priorities is, is to limit the amount of shots that our teams get off. If we can limit shots, right, we're going to limit goals. Those two things go hand in hand. And, and Abby's a fantastic leader. Just like you said, she was always communicating back there for us, making sure her defenders were in the right spots for her. And, and you probably heard her yell, you know, pressure, pressure, pressure um, all the time back there. And, and I think the girls responded to that well, right? They, they made it hard for other teams to get good looks. Anytime that happens, right, you know, the goalkeeper, if, if they're bored back there, it's typically a good night. Um, and, and Abby definitely made some big saves when the moment came. And, and when Emma's moment came as well, I think she, she just did a great job staying ready. Um, and when she got in there, man, she shined. What I was going to say, there were times last year where I started thinking about, you know, what's Abby thinking about back there? She could probably do her homework or in the case of the girls' basketball team and your team, she could probably just make some TikToks while she's back there. <laughs> oh man um a- abby definitely was involved in the game i think she's she's our hype girl last year and, and she did a good job of of staying engaged and making sure you know everybody was defending hard even if the ball was you know 100 yards away from her she was definitely excited about it and she was a voice of energy back there so it was, it was good to see that from her and, and just a, a great year all around with her and goal and with emma and goal when you were able to go back and forth they account for about 80 stops on the year uh, what was it about that duo sort of pushing each other, especially in the tournament. You guys play seven matches. You've posted a shutout in four of them. It just seemed like no matter what the theory was, the two of them were going to be able to execute it. Yeah, and, and like you said, right, they bring the best out of each other. Um, I think a lot of people were impressed by both Abby and Emma's play during the season, but I, I just wish everybody could have saw like what was happening in practice because they – we're such competitors in practice and, and they're obviously they're fighting for that same spot. Um, but it, it never got to a point where it was like a fight for it. They were both supporting each other and, and trying to make sure that each keeper was as good as they could be individually. And I think that was just such a, a key moment for us to make sure that, that when Emma got her moments in the net, she was ready just because she had worked so hard in practice up until that point. I'm always curious where for coaches, when you lose multiple year players and, and- you lose Abby Warnick, Emily Horseman, Ella Oakley, and Chloe Schrader, uh, Emily being a captain. And you, you also, with uh, the way that things work out for her, with Alexa Fortman not coming back this year, how do you replace that at the top? Yeah, I think that's priority number one for us this year is, is how do we fill that leadership kind of role that those seniors filled for us last year. Um and, and what's really exciting, right, is I think while we've got a lot of room to grow in that front, the growth that I've seen from our returning players on that leadership aspect has, has been really great here in this first week or two of preseason. Um, so it's, it's just super important. It's, it's a big priority for me to make sure that we've got kids who just, like, take ownership of this program. Um, 
it's super important that, that they're playing for each other, right? And not the way I look at it, I, I want to give the team to them, right? You know, they run it, they own it. This is their team. They get to decide where we go. Um, and I'm really excited to get some younger kids who have returned to us this year, give them that chance um, to take the team where they want to get it. And, and I think they've done a, a good job here in the first couple of weeks of preseason. I'm, I'm excited to see how they can grow in that leadership role, both on and off the field. Somebody walks up to you and they tell you before your first game, you're going to have two girls who are going to have 23 goals, seven assists, 25 goals, eight assists. How big is the smile that you will have at that point of what you would think you can probably accomplish? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm smiling right now. It's it's exciting to have uh, both McKenna and Micah back. I think they, they did a great job last year of, of just finding ways to score, and, and it wasn't always the same way, right? You know, sometimes it was on crosses. Sometimes it was long-distance shots. Sometimes it was set pieces. Um, just having having those two kids, I think, to, to lead our scoring attack, and I think there's so many other kids um, who are also, you know, really dynamic threats to score goals who are returning for us this year. Um, the way I look at it, right, is if you want to just shut those two players down, right, we've got three, four, and five who I think, you know, they can also hold the scoring for us as well. So, well, I think we can we can just score in so many different ways. Um, at the end of the day, I just want to take what whatever the defense gives us on a given night, right, we'll, we'll take that, and that'll be the way we score that day, right? It doesn't always have to be the same way. Right? We can be creative. We can have some freedom in that. Um, but, but it's super exciting to have most of that attack back for us this year. Um, and I think I think we can really level up on that. Well, and kind of to piggyback in a way of I'm sure other coaches looking at it, it's almost an embarrassment of riches. With Bree Douglas has 12 goals, Claire Beach has 15 and 10, Lily has 15 and 12, and it it really did have to feel like I know a, a couple of the tournament games that okay everybody is going to key on Micah when she goes a certain way or or for McKenna exactly what you're saying. All right, you know what? I'll give it to Lily and watch what she and Clara can do. And it seemed like from the outside of just the cohesiveness of that group of, we don't care who gets what we just care that our number is bigger than theirs at the end. It was a really neat thing to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the girls would much rather win games than have individual stats that, that have them at the top of the list. And I think just like you said there, right. I mean, they, all those kids are just so willing to share the ball. Um, it does not matter how it gets in the back of the net, so long as it gets in the back of the net. Um, that's important to us, and and it's just like it's just giving what what the defense, um, whatever the defense gives you, I'll just take it. You know, if, if they're going to shut down the middle, we'll go wide. If they're going to play a high line, we'll go over the top. If they're going to make the middle compact, we'll just go over um, over them. So it's it's just right. Like I I have trust in all those kids um, to score goals when we need them to, and I think they have trust in each other, and that's important. It's it's not just a it's not a one man uh, wrecking crew, right? We're willing to share the ball, and and on any on any given night, it might be a different kid who steps up for us. And more than likely, it probably will be. Uh, at this point, you've added a couple of really nice underclassmen. You've added some returners that didn't letter last year as well. You've had a couple of chances to see this team uh, kind of going through practice and going through one scrimmage. How are you feeling going into your last couple of scrimmages and and really sitting about ten days away from your first game? Yeah, um, I'm excited about it. I think the team has had good growth here in this, this first week of preseason. Uh, but the coach in me definitely has a, a very long list of things that we have to get better at. Um, I would say we, we did not pick up, you know, on August 1st, exactly where we left off on November, you know, 11th or 12th, whatever it was. So it's important for us, right? Like we have to be good at fundamentals. 
and then build from there. Um, while I think we can get to that high level again, it's super important that we just make sure, you know, every day we're getting better and better and better, um, and making sure we don't skip steps along that way. Um, but I think we're just, just excited for the season. And, and like you said, 10 days is, is real close to game day. So we're, we're excited to get after it and, and get this journey started. How hard were the last couple of days of July for you just counting down until midnight, August 1st? <laughs> oh, they were lots of fun. We, uh, we played in a couple July weekend tournaments that were just optional. Um, so we, we got a chance to get a look at some kids earlier in this summer, just kind of evaluate where we were at and, and give us some help on where to put kids leading into tryout. So we got a chance to evaluate some younger players. Um, we've got some kids who are, I think are ready for the varsity level coming up. So we're going to, we're going to give them a chance. And I think people will be surprised on what those young players can do. So we're, we're excited. Um, and, and I think all around, right. We're just looking to find a team that, that has really good depth. That's a, a priority for me at this moment. Um, making sure that, that we've got kids, um, not just starting 11. We've got kids who can come off the bench and make sure we maintain a level of play, um, through all of our 80 minutes of soccer. Last year, Second time OG's been to state. Unfortunately, neither one got the the big gold trophy, but I don't know how many people know this, but you and I stood on the field at the end of that night after all the press conferences and when the girls were getting ready to go home and looked up at the at the giant screen that says Waynesville on it and state champs, and, and we took a picture of it. How much does that motivate you to always uh, kind of go about that extra thing or make sure that, the extra thing is taking place as you get ready for this season. It's uh, it's incredibly motivating for me, and, and I think it is as well for the girls. I uh, I still look at that picture pretty frequently, Mike. So it's it's a, a daily reminder for me of, of where we want to get to, and and making sure that we don't skip steps on that journey. Um, but I think you know it's it's always tough to end your season on a loss, and and while we were at the biggest stage, um, it, it still was a loss. So I think I've, I've had a lot of time to, to think about that and, and figure out where we need to get better, how we need to get better. So it's, it's just, it's very much so motivating. And, and I think it is for the girls as well. And, and I just, we're excited to get started. Well, it's kind of one of those six, six of one, half a dozen of the other things because they, Waynesville moved up to D2, but Kettering Alter moves down to D3. And that's a team that everybody looks at in that area of, okay, you know, I know OG people really hate the term, Kettering Alter at this point, but I mean, way down the line, but you know that even looking at your own schedule, you have heavy hitters on it. Is that a thing for you of making sure, you know, you get two D1 teams right out of the gate of kind of bulking up because we want to play the best to get to the second season and understand how that's going to come at us? Yeah, we definitely wanted to be challenged in our regular season, and I think WBL is just always so tough. So we know we're going to get great competition in that league day in and day out. And then the same thing is true for our, our kind of non-conference games as well. Right. So like you said, we've, we've got some great matchups, particularly early in the season that I'm looking forward to. But um, I think the most important thing for me, right, is, is I just, I'm a want to know kind of coach. Right? I just want to focus on the one game, the one practice, the one minute that's right in front of me. So wow. I think we have long-term goals set and, and we've discussed that as a team. It's, it's for us um, as a team. It's super important that we just focus on like whatever is right in front of us. Um, I think kind of the easiest way to get distracted is, is to be thinking about the end of the road. Um, Cause if you think about the end of the road, you might not get a chance to get there. So I think my, my focus at this point is like, how do we, how do we find the moment right in front of us to get better in? How do we find the next practice, the next game? Um, and if we can find a way to go one and zero in all those moments, 
you know, when, when the big moment comes, we'll be ready for it. Well, hopefully that moment uh, starts to build the snowball down the hill coming up on the 17th. I hope so. I hope so. I thank you so much for doing this. Hey, I, we appreciate you, you having me on, Mike. I think it's always fun to talk late time soccer with you. So we're excited to see you around at a bunch of games. I, I will be pretty much everywhere. You turn around and I'll be at the popcorn stand. <laughs> That's exactly the way we want it. That's the head coach of the OG girls in Michelle Mag. Some more coming up in just a couple of minutes. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, home of the Titan Burger, and if you're really hungry, the Cow Tipper. Tony's grounds their hamburger meat each day. Each patty is fresh and never frozen and not cooked until you order it. Don't forget to add some of the great sides like French fries, pickle fries, and their great breaded mushrooms. While you're there, you can't forget to get some of their great ice cream, ice cream treats, and frozen yogurt. Tony's on Main Street in Ottawa, making burger history since 1962. Continuing to talk about high school soccer, now looking at the Western Buckeye League and the uh, Kenton Boys Soccer Program, headed by the uh, former D2 Coach of the Year and Jamie Bartlett. Jamie, you guys have already gotten off to a start. You've seen your team for a couple of scrimmages, even an alumni game. Uh, how did the how the old timers, so to speak, help out your program? Well, you know, it's, it's always great to see thirty plus guys come back, and uh, we had a young thirty plus guys come back, uh, and uh, it was just a, a fantastic night on Friday night. Uh, they pushed us; uh, we pushed them, and uh, they got the bond a little bit during the game. I think the varsity and the alumni ended up tying one one, and it was just a, a great battle and. Uh, just bonding at the highest extent. Do you, uh, when you look at those games, I mean, are you, obviously you're in, let me see how my team is going to be this year mode, but I mean, do you get out there and, and get in on some plays? Well, you know what? I was the referee this year. I oh, am so uh, I'm not a graduate of Kent. Yes, you're right. That's right. Now I'm not a graduate of Kent. I grew up in Cleveland. And so I, I've never gotten to play in one of these. So I always coach it. And this year, you know what? The referees are pretty busy. So I jumped out there. Uh, and uh, two, two things we always hope for. One, we just want to be healthy when that scrimmage is there, when that game's done. And, and two, we just want to make sure everybody has a good time. But see, I would think as a head coach, though, you could supersede that. You know, you could just, you could be Pete Rose. You could be player manager. You play for whoever you want. I, I imagine I could. I, I, I could probably jump in next year, change the rules a little bit. Usually we'll stick around afterwards and play alumni versus alumni. And that's when it gets real fun. <laughs> that's when it gets highly competitive. Yes, exactly. Uh, that's uh, it, I always love those games because it's such a neat thing where it's obviously we talk about competitive, but it, it's kind of a more relaxed competitive of, okay, we and you guys have been fortunate to have uh, all league, all state performers that when those kids come back, you know they're going to push those young kids now. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, I graduated, uh, I think, 11 seniors last year. and Probably over the last four years, I've probably graduated close to 40 guys. Uh, and so, you know, they're going to come back and they're excited to play our guys, just like the high school guys are. Uh, they were excited because I think they're around about a three or four or five year winning streak there. And so it, it made for a, a quality matchup there on uh, Friday night. Well, and the way the league kind of worked out last year, I mean, it was interesting to see, you know, beginning of the year, everybody kind of penned Shawnee because we knew they were going to be good and they ended up being mm-hmm. that way. But you had that middle where it kind of went two, three, four with St. Mary's OG, you guys, and Elida of you know, there's only one or two games that are kind of separating. And, and I believe the way it worked out, it only ended up being from one to five, I think a handful of goals that really could have changed that seating. Oh, you're, you're not too far off there. You know, we, 
we had six guys last year, and uh, and quite a few of them came in the league. Um, and uh, it just seemed like we left goals uh, on the table at the most inopportune times, uh, and, and we struggled to finish. And uh, it, we probably easily could have had a 13 win season last year, as opposed to a nine win season. Um, and but that WBL, you're right. It was extremely competitive. There were some uh, classic battles there between you know first through fifth, and uh, you know we unfortunately we had to see Shawnee in the district semifinal as opposed to the district final, but we threw the kitchen sink at them and, you know, we walked out of there with a one nothing loss. And I think aside from Lexington, that was the closest game they played all tournament. Which, I mean, it's kind of a hard thing, I'm sure, for the kids because it's a moral victory of we played them so well, but just that one bad run or that one weird bounce of a ball and all of a sudden you're the one going home. Oh, yeah, it felt that way. Uh we left that field with a lot of pride, uh, knowing that our guys left everything they had on that table, and we we threw everything we could at them, and we just we just came up a little short. I know that uh, I've personally seen a handful of times that you guys have played Ottawa Glendorf. It just seems like whenever you guys get together, the kids are probably going to feel more like they they've played a different shape football game, it just <laughs> just rowdy, and I mean not dirty. Everything just. I don't know. It just magnifies and every little bump and every little play seems to be more. You know, that's the thing about the WBL. It, it, it's a very physical league. Um, and so here in Northwest Ohio, you know, we, we play soccer a little differently than your bigger city areas there. Um, and it's just a, a patented trademark of our league. And I think, like you said, against OG, against St. Mary's, we have some teams that it's it's going to be a, a, you know, a fight. But you're, like you said, in a clean way. You know, it's just going to be a lace those boots up, go at it, and you know sometimes you're going to get them, and sometimes they're going to get you. It's funny how that works out. Uh, yes. Cool though, too. I've seen obviously with uh, a lot of uh, Twitter, you guys have a uh, tremendous program from the top down, in that you have so many young kids that you're able to sort of get indoctrinated into your culture, and it's really paying off with continuing to have good numbers. Oh, it really has. It, it's been a nice eight to nine year run for us here. Uh, and, you know, we've been trying to build it and we got it built and uh, the culture was created and uh, it's a big family atmosphere there. And uh, guys come in and guys leave. And it's great that the next set of guys are ready to take that torch and, and run with it. And, uh, you know, we've just got gritty kids. They're, they're hardworking and uh, we're extremely excited about this upcoming season. As we tape this, it's the night before, but you've got one more opportunity with. Ontario this week to uh, get ready as far as your your week goes at home. Uh, what is this team or what can this team be kind of going through the end of your coming up on the end of your scrimmages, getting ready for your league and non-league games? You know, we, we, we've got a pretty uh, experienced team here. Uh, we're a very, you know, uh, defensive-minded team. You know, we've got some guys that just uh, they take a lot of pride in putting zeros on that scoreboard. Uh, and as the defensive coach of the team, I, I smile and take a lot of pride in that as well. Um, so we know we got guys that are going to go out there and uh, they're going to lay it down to keep that scoreboard at zero. Uh, we also feel we have some uh, creative finishers up top that have the ability to put the ball in the back of the net uh, at a pretty good clip. Um, and we have some pretty strong midfield play that's going to, you know, possess the ball a little bit, move the ball around, and hopefully put us in some great spots to be uh, successful. And so, you know, we, we'd love to, to see our name up there in a, top of the WBL there battling it out with the you know the likes of your Shawnees and your St. Mary's and you know Otto Glandorf's and Elida's there uh, but we also know that you know it's one day at a time and uh, we, we just got to get better each day. 
You've got quite a few bus trips, though, this year. I mean, Delaware Hayes, uh, when you go to even some of the league games, obviously everybody knows Defiance is three hours from everywhere. Uh, yep. St. Mary's and Lexington. Uh, it, it seems like you guys have adopted the we'll play you wherever we don't care who you are or what you want to do. Yeah, you know, we kind of do that in the summer as well. We, we travel up to – we went down to Mason this summer, saw some quality competition down there. We went up to Strongsville for the uh, national showcase they had up there. And uh, our, our philosophy is, you know, we just want to get better. And if that means we got to go out of conference and play some of the best that we can find, then, then we're going to go do that. Now, Lexington, we added to the schedule last year, brought them into our place, and that was a fantastic game. You know, it ended up being a 2-2 draw, but what, what great competition that we hadn't really seen before prior to this past season. You may have just made my wife's day because the mention of the big tournament they have there, the Adidas tournament in Strongsville, uh, that's where she's from. So it's oh, kind of like a, a, a shout-out to her. There you go. It's a great – yeah, we've been up there for about 10 or 12 years, and I actually grew up uh, about an hour east of there still, so I know the area pretty well. And that's uh, in, yeah, in an hour east of Strongsville is a completely different world. Exactly. <laughs> As someone who's <laughs> had to make that trip a handful of times, but it, it, it's so cool though because uh, I know with uh, what they've done with that tournament and it's just continued to grow and grow and grow. And they play what nine, ten different fields, and to that level of competition, I mean, you really, I would think, would be able to take away a lot of positive things going into this season just from that one tournament in the summer. Oh, yeah. We uh, we play seven 40-minute games while we were there over the course of three days. And, you know, we'll see. Our, this year we saw Indian Hill. Uh, they were the only team to beat uh, Cincinnati Wyoming last year who won the Division II state title. Uh, we saw a great squad in uh, Marietta, you know. And we, we usually see three or four teams there that get us ready for what we call WBL play. When you look at how the rules have changed and kind of how – with the, I don't want to say the influx, but with a lot of the WBL specifically going to a lot of turf, you know, playing on some of those. I mean, how big of a a difference does that make for you guys that you play on grass when you go into the, especially the tournament? I'll say, you know, when we won the WBL in uh, 2018, and then we had to play Bay Village uh, in Sandusky Perkins in the regional final on turf. Uh, that was uh, difficult. Eleven in the morning chilly you like you said we're a grass playing team we went over to Allen East for two days just to try to practice on the turf uh but after our season ended that year uh, we were uh, built in Kenton we have the uh, indoor facility and it's got 50 by 50 turf in it and so we've been on that for like five years now and four or five months of the year in the winter months just in there playing on it so uh we at least have that to prepare us for a lot of the games that are going to be on turf as opposed to just the grass I see that uh, you've gotten around quite a bit this summer. We're in Florida not that long ago, right? Yes, uh, we went down to Florida with the family, and uh, we drove all the way down to, uh, oh my gosh, it was so far, I kind of forgot the name of it right now. (laughs) Um, But yeah, we went about 17 hours away, had a nice trip down there, visited some colleges while we were down there. That's one of my favorite things to do. I love to just get on college campuses and just go tour them and and see them and check out all the facilities. Uh, Were you trying to get a scholarship just for you? (laughs) But yeah, see what yeah they have a left. little too late in that time. I think a little late in that time. Hey, you know, it's never too late if they say yes. That, that is true. That's well, a good point. I there. saw you were at Florida Gulf Coast. That's why I asked. Oh, yeah. We, we ended up stopping down there. Uh, man, just a beautiful college there. And we knew all about their basketball team they had a few years ago. And uh, when my son was playing club soccer, we were down in North Carolina and we got to meet the team when we were down there about probably about five or six years ago. So I'm like, you know, we got to stop in there and, 
you know, visit it and see the places there. And boy, it was wonderful. Real nice area. A little hotter than it is up here. <laughs> right. is Which lately is really saying something. Oh man. Yes. Yeah. So we've had some heat here yeah. and it has been interesting. Just trying to keep the guys hydrated has been a, uh, you know, a test itself. Well, if you end up in Homestead, Florida, just get in the car and turn around and go back North immediately. Don't even do it. Huh? Yeah. Don't even do it. <laughs> just, you go South of Miami, might as well just turn around and come home. Yeah. There's something to be said about having like four seasons sometimes. Right. I keep trying to figure out where the hell I could live that it's 73 and sunny and uh, there's a good breeze all year long, but apparently it doesn't you, exist. As I say, if you find it, let me know because I'm looking for that as well. Yeah, I don't I, I don't need the 95 over in press boxes all, all of August. No. <laughs> but it is kind of crazy, though. I mean, the way that soccer itself has sort of changed and whether that's uh, schematically or just with kids becoming – I guess I want to say better athletes, so to speak, that they're, they have better training available and better materials. I mean, that's how much of that did it change maybe how you look at it from a coaching perspective? Uh, you know, around here, it's tough to get kids involved in club soccer. They have to travel a little further than, you know, your Cincinnati and your Cleveland ones. But uh, it, it is nice that they're able to play the game you know, almost year round, you have your indoor soccer, you have your football, futsal seasons, and then you have your club seasons there. I mean, so technically if a kid wanted to, he could probably play soccer about 10 months out of the year uh, and you get about a two month break there. So that, that has been a game changer, obviously. Uh, the fear is you, you don't want kids to burn out either as they're playing uh, that much soccer there. But when, when you're playing that much soccer, uh, you, you're just bound to get better. You know, the exposure to uh, Premier League and La Liga and Bundesliga now on TV or any of the new streaming services, you know, kids can watch some of the best players and emulate their games after them. You know, I know my son Landon would just, you know, YouTube players watch what they would do and go out in the yard and just practice it for hours. You know, that's just something growing up. I didn't have that luxury. Yeah, yeah, we had rabbit ears and three channels. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Yeah, I remember when we got USA Network for the first time. Yes, uh, and so it's a it's a blessing for them. They get they get to see a lot of the the world's best players, and you know, like Manchester City just came over here and played two games in Houston and uh, up in uh, Green Bay and Lambeau Field. I mean, so you know, if you live near those places, you can go watch some of the best teams play live. Well, it's interesting you bring that up. Uh, obviously, for us, uh, you know, with having the World Cup here in the '90s, it it, it bought a big broom mm-hmm. to what soccer kind of is is turning into now. How big of a deal? Do you think that'll be going forward for it's it would be your youth kids now of we're not that far away from kind of North America again with the World Cup and maybe bringing another big boom into especially high school soccer? Oh, yeah. I, I think the 94 World Cup was fantastic for American soccer, uh, and, and it, it, it did put us a step in the right direction there. Uh, and I do think there's going to be so much excitement and people wanting to be a, a part of it and go watch the games there. And, and uh, it, it should be almost as contagious as it was back in 1994, if not more. Every coach will say the next one, and I'm just I'm expecting that. But when you put your schedule together, when you see your schedule come out, is there a game that's a bullseye game? You know, that's tough because uh, the WBL lends itself to a lot of natural rivalries. You know, we, we love facing Shawnee. You know, you, you've got to bring your A game uh, if you're going to see them. Uh, St. Mary's is, is like a uh, mirror image program to us. I feel like whenever we play St. Mary's, we're playing ourselves. You know, that's a, that's a, a very tough game. Um, you know, Ottawa Glendorf has always been some great battles that we've had there. Uh, Elida, we had some knockdown, drag out fights there. So it's hard uh, to pinpoint one because. Like I said, once you play one, you got to get ready for the next one. <laughs> well, so you don't get much time to breathe. 
at least three of those you get in your last six games of the season when you find out who you are. The bad news, they're all on the road. That is true. You know, there's something to be said about playing at home. Uh, we have some pretty tough venues to play in. Some we've been extremely fortunate, and we've had some great results in there. And others, you know, we've we've had some results here and there, and uh, sometimes we've not had the results we've wanted. So <laughs> you just you just never know what's going to happen, you know, when you step into an opponent's uh, setting. Well, what's the age-old joke that you've obviously had to try to turn around of the only season that matters in Kenton is football season? <laughs> I, I heard we, that so many times that. growing up. <laughs> I, I'd like to think that we have done a good job of uh, of changing the mentality of, of us being a football school. Yes, we've had some great football teams. I, I moved here in 98, uh, right at the height of the Coach Mark days and Benny Mark, and, and boy, there we had some wonderful teams there. Uh, and so it's nice to see two programs uh, be successful there, uh, and, and I'd like to think that we can say, okay, we're a soccer and a football school now. And I, I got to believe uh, from talking to you and kind of – getting to know your program, you've got uh, very high hopes for this season. You know what we do, man. Uh, we were at Ohio Wesleyan. Uh, we go there for a team camp every summer. And one of the big things that uh, Coach Jay Martin does there uh, is he has the teams that are there create their goals and their values and just some off-field things that they want you know, to accomplish there. And, so, and, and it's a point where my assistant, Jordy Martin, and I, we just – walk away from the team and say, it's your guys. You know, we're, we can sit here and do this with you, but put down the goals you guys want to achieve, think, think we can reach, uh, and uh, we will do our best to help you make sure we reach those. Well, I wish you the best luck uh, trying to navigate your way through the WBL this year. Oh, thank you, man. It's always a battle, man. It definitely gets us ready for that uh, meat grinder of a, a sectional tournament, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, I, sometimes I wish I could go east. Uh, as opposed to having to travel back to Elida, because once you get through your season, then it's like, okay, if I'm going to make it to regionals, I got to go through another four WBL schools. And <laughs> never an easy feat. No, but again, the best of luck. That's Ken Boy soccer coach Jamie Bartlett. We'll talk some more when we come back in just a couple of minutes. Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service is much more than your home for the best prices on new and pre-owned vehicles. Lee Kinsel is your home for Accessory Avenue, 602 West Irvin Road, the best accessory shop in Northwest Ohio, featuring Gator Hide Protective Coatings, your top choice for window tinting and ceramic coating for truck beds and trailers and other surfaces, even motorcycles. Accessory Avenue is also a WeatherTech Diamond Dealer, Penske Truck Rental Center, and American Rental Center for cars and vans. And remember, Accessory Avenue at Lee Kinsel will work on all makes and models. Impressed? Well, what if I also told you Lee Kinsel is Taylor Auto Service, 231 South Walnut Street in Van Wert, pre-owned vehicle specialists for over 70 years. Combine all that with the friendliest staff and impeccable service department, and there's nowhere else you need to go for all your vehicle needs. Find out more by stopping into Lee Kinsel GM Sales and Service, 650 West Irvin Road, Van Wert, online at LeeKinsel.com or call 866-LEE-KINSEL. Coming up on the beginning of the fall season, later on this week, soccer starts this week, football next week. You've got cross country and volleyball going on as well. But talking soccer now with the head coach of the Audeville Big Green, who made a run to the regional finals last year in Dustin Marquardt, who I didn't realize this, just told me that basically he's a soccer program lifer at Audeville. It's kind of a neat thing. Yeah, correct. Uh, you know, it's it's hard to imagine a season without being, you know, associated with soccer at Ottaville right now for me. Uh, you know, it just feels like, you know, every single year, 
I've been a part of this program and, you know, a lot of good things have come and, you know, and gone through this program. And, you know, I started my playing career, uh, at Audeville and, and then shortly after that, after I graduated, got right into coaching and, you know, it's been that way for a while, you know, like, I mean, I've been there, been coaching for almost now would be about 15 years, uh, as either an assistant or head coach. Well, and it's kind of funny because that might make you the one guy who uh, anytime someone says something about Audeville soccer, you can say, well, you know, I- I've seen pretty much everything at this point and nothing surprises me. And it yeah, actually I mean, be true. Yeah, correct. You know, like part of playing and coaching at the same school is you have gotten to see, you know, everything through there. And, uh, you know, I feel like I have not missed a single beat of anything that's come through this program. And, you know, that's kind of what, you know, like I said, heading into this uh, season and, you know, in the season's past is always trying to um, put a print on this program and, you know, make it known. So, you know, we're, he- we're heading in the right direction. Uh, one of the biggest goals of my growing up here as far as coaching is, is always wanted to put this team on the map. And I think after what we did last year, we certainly did that. You guys come out of the gates last year. 36 to 1 in terms of goals scored versus goals given up. You go 4 0 and 1. Was it a point where, even with the tie to Liberty Benton in that fifth game, that you kind of felt like, okay, this is a pretty good team? They're learning, they're listening to what I'm saying for the most part. We can maybe do some damage this year. Yeah. And, you know, the funny thing is, is to start the season, we were hit pretty hard with injury, like hitting the scrimmages. We had a couple guys dinged up. We had one of our better players um, get hurt, had a back issue um, in June. And so we didn't see him for at least, you know, almost half the season. I think uh, it was at that right, the right about Liberty Benton game was his first game back. And, um, you know, things started kind of going a little south on us and it wasn't his fault. It was more of a, okay, we adjusted as a team without him. And then now that he came back, we had to figure our find ourselves. And it just, it kind of, you know, it did disrupt a little bit of uh, the rotation and things, but I knew in my mind that we were obviously a way better team with him on the field. It was just a matter of trying to figure things out. And to answer your question, yes, I I felt like we were able to figure things out without him. Once we can figure it out, I think you know we could do some damage um, later on in the season, and, and that's what we ultimately were capable of doing. It's crazy to me to look at you guys play 21 games. You go 13-3-5, if I understand how math works. And of that, you have 15 shutouts defensively, and there are 19 of the 21 games that you play that are a shutout one way or the other. I I mean, does that make it kind of uh, easier for you to point out to your kids of, hey, one bad ball, either on their end or our end, and we're either going home happy or we're making a long bus ride? Oh, absolutely. You know, we, we teach, you know, as coaches, we preach about, you know, disciplining the, uh, the mistakes. Um, you know, I used a prime example, the Kaleida, um, district final game, you know, it was, it was a mess, like as far as weatherwise, like it was, it was raining, slippery, kids couldn't get their footing. And I, uh, I mentioned, you know, Hey, whoever, you know, loses their footing or whoever slips and makes one mistake, that's going to end up costing the game. And ultimately did. If you, if you watched the highlight of it last year, we had a player 
break free because a couple of quiet defenders flipped. He went around them and, and scored the, the game-winning goal. And, you know, that's kind of what we preach about, that, you know, is, is being fundamentally sound on defense. We've been fortunate to have a lot of good athletes uh, back there to help us. And, you know, we've also been pretty consistent as far as being able to have a goalie um, every single year. And, and that's kind of, you know, like I said, not necessarily a case for a lot of schools. And we've had that case before in the past where we, we've had to train somebody somebody new and so yeah i mean it's it's a big priority at you know when we're running our program is we got to do what we can defensively because in the end that's if we can hold teams to zero or little as many goals as possible you're going to put yourself in a good position to win all all four of your tournament wins coming that way uh the one that i'm most curious about is the spencerville game i want to ask you from a coaching perspective they play obviously at uh their home field it's turf were you guys able to? Uh, I know the the weather later that week with the uh, the next game with Collider was kind of an oddity, but were you able to use your grass or I guess Collider's grass to your advantage to sort of uh, slow them down strategically, or was it just kind of some other things you did? Is there a difference with the way that teams play on that? There can be. I mean, it does slow the game down a little bit more, especially if you are used to playing on turf. Um, you know, I mean, quite frankly, I think, you know, for a team like us, these past couple of years, we played better on turf. And I've seen a couple of games, and we don't even have the experience for it. So I guess it just depends on the team and what you have. Um, I, I even could say that, you know, maybe Spencerville probably, you know, prefers to play on grass either way, you know, and they just unfortunately have to play on their turf for home games. But um, no, I mean, I think going into that game, you know, we knew that they had a couple of nice skilled players up front and we really had to keep them in check through the middle. And, you know, we, we certainly did. We didn't really provide them with a lot of looks. You know, we had a lot of looks in the first half. We just could not finish. Uh, Will Miller had a nice one right there. I mean, it was literally inside the, the 18. Um, got a nice look at the goal, just couldn't put it in. But, you know, kept telling the team that, you know, when it comes tournament time, it doesn't matter how the ball goes in the back of the net. You just got to find a way to put it in there, and he was able to get two headers off them um, in the second half. I know that the date says November 3rd, but I just checked my watch, and I'm pretty sure that the game at Mansfield Senior with uh, Central Christian just ended. Yeah. That, that game, I'm pretty sure, took uh, a couple of years off everyone's life. Oh, it certainly did. I mean, it... And it was, you know, it was a little chilly, too, if I remember correctly. Um, you know, but uh, overall, though, yeah, it took a haul to get there. And even when we got down there, you know, it, it, we, we took every bit of minute of it. You know, we went into penalty kicks. And, you know, that, you know we've, we've trained for, for those situations in the past. I mean, uh, every year I always train these kids that we've been a part of. As a matter of fact, um, I want to say, even as an assistant coach, you know, we've been a part of, I want to say, five shootouts in the tournament and have not lost one. Wow. Um, as a head coach, I believe uh, 2-0 in shootouts. So, you know, it's, it's a matter of being lucky and fortunate, too, though, in those situations because, you know, anymore it's, it's, it's a 50-50 is what it is. You know, you got, as a keeper, you just got to get Um and, you know, hopefully when you're shooting it, too, you, you provide a, a nice enough shot that the keeper don't get it or it goes over past. But, yeah, I mean, uh, certainly it did seem like it took a while, but, 
after going through that game film and stuff like that, I, I realized, you know, this was one of those games where I don't know how we would feel after we, if we would have lost that in a shootout because I thought we controlled most of that game. And it, it only seems right for us to win that in the shootout. Well, at least from your perspective. Yeah. <laughs> Kidron probably doesn't feel the same way. Uh, it was it was such an odd thing as I remember uh, Keith Utendorf was in the doing the game with me and uh, your athletic director is standing right behind me and they were just you know marveling at uh, you know all the plays in that game that your season could have probably ended four or five times before that that with a team that had played so much that they were able to kind of the next step put them in a better spot not to let that be the end. Yeah, correct. I mean, like I said, the, the experience in playing can definitely lead up to that. And, uh, you know, we didn't really know a whole lot about them going in. Obviously, the team that we've never seen before. But, uh, we, we, you know, we got some film on them. Uh, they, you know, they had a really nice player. Um, we realized, too, that, you know, and, and we had to be real physical with them in the back because, again, they had a player, made some nice runs, keep them in check. We got them pretty physical. And, you know, fortunately, the, the officials, too, um, they let us play. And that's the thing about officiating. And when you go to these games, it's, every officiating crew is different. You know, some will let you play, some won't. So you just kind of have to get a feel with them for the first, you know, 10, 15 minutes of the game to see how the team's going to be played out. And when we knew that they were going to let us play, I felt pretty confident in what we were capable of doing because if we can be physical with teams like this team, and they're probably not used to the physicality and, and you know, schools around here in Northwest Ohio. Um, I felt like we were going to be in pretty good position and we had a lot of chances, but you know, fortunately for us, we were able to take advantage of that in the shootout. Uh, are you a magician? Um, I like, I like magicians. <laughs> the reason I asked that is you have an eight man senior class. You've got the six freshmen coming in five juniors and a huge sophomore class with 10. That's gotta be about every boy in the school, right? Oh, there's no doubt. Um, so last year, you know, we, we had our numbers spike up and uh, I had a meeting for the season and usually we've been pretty consistent about, Oh, you know, 23, 24 kids every year. We've had a few where it was only 17, 18, but then I had this meeting and I found out about 29, 30 kids were, were showing up and I'm like, you know, I haven't seen those numbers since, you know, back in my early days of playing. Um, that's back when I graduated with like 60 kids in the class. Now we're looking at maybe half that. And so, you know, I'm, I'm thinking, okay, this is, this is incredible. And so the same thing happened this year. Um, we only lost four. We regained like four or five. And so we got the numbers back up now. I mean, is that going to happen every year? Probably not, but no, I mean, for the size of our school. Yeah, that's, that's tremendous. I mean, it's like Dave used to have every single girl in the school used to be on the basketball team. Yeah, and you know, the thing is that we tried our best to motivate these kids and want to continue playing uh, the sport, you know. I mean, I hate to lose anybody, but you're not going to keep getting everybody. That's that's the thing that you just have to understand. But um, overall, though, we just we want to try to, you know, run a program that kids want to keep coming back to and, and look up to, to playing. And so with, we as coaches have to adjust things that we do. We're more capable of doing, but we want to, we want to be competitive, but we also want to have kids continue to show up, and and that's really helping us out is being able to have a, a full JV team with these numbers. We sit about five days away as we tape this uh, from your opener against Defiance. Four of the first five at home 
That's, I mean, that's a nice way to do it. But the one oddity to me when I look at the schedule is, I believe, I could be wrong on this, but as far as I can find, you guys might be the lone Friday night game in the area. That's kind of cool. Hopefully, it works more for uh, people to be able to come out and less for everybody else to scout you. Yeah, you talking about next Friday night? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, originally, that was supposed to be like the the Friday night football game um, that we do, every, you know, just started recently. And then they just added the 17th game. So we just kept it on a Friday night. But I also wanted to keep it on a Friday night because uh, it's, it's a good way to get people out, you know, like um, unlike, you know, during the week. And then, uh, you know, Saturdays, but Friday night's a good way to start the season. We've usually try to keep it that way. Last year, we always started on a Friday night. Um, Lincoln View used to be our first game. That's on a Friday night next week, or next week. So, yeah, it's, it's a good, fun, uh, like, preview, if you will, want to call it that. And uh, not a lot of games. I think I checked. There, there is a few games that are being played, but um, I think we might be the one of the ones in the area. So, yeah, it would be a be a nice game to come see. Well, it also kind of breaks uh, a little bit of a tradition on the Defiance side because they traditionally open up with Napoleon. Yeah, um, you know, and I've always wanted to get them schedule. They're so close by. Uh, they got really nice facilities over there and uh, got in touch with them. They're, they're a competitive school. And so, yeah, I mean, uh, they're willing, they were willing to start early and we'll see how, what happens. You've got a lot of teams. Uh, you guys go from kind of the buildup of being the hunted this year, especially in the PCL, a lot of those games kind of fall the, the good way for you that they're at home. I mean, what are you looking at when this season comes to an end, uh, kind of looking forward? Well, the biggest thing is some of these games, um, you know, like, for example, we want to come back this year and, uh, you know, be one of the leads in the PCL. Um, you know, we've won two of the last four. So it's kind of felt like an every other other year thing for us. So hopefully, you know, if, you know, if things go away and it's, you know, based on tradition, your last four years, we hope to be, and we should be the ones back on top this, this year. But the league's going to be definitely very competitive, more than so, I think, than last year. You know, I look at, you know, Fort Jennings is going to be better. You know, Miller State will be better. Kaleida should be pretty good yet. And, you know, always Continental is always really good. So, you know, I mean, the biggest thing is, is uh, we got to take each game by game. Um, you know, we got a good stretch, uh, a good portion of our schedule here. We got, you know, Liberty Benton, Bluffton, Corey Rawson, Continental, Wauseon. And those are some tough games, you know, right in a the row there. So that's kind of all over the stretch where we were last year when we kind of started winning and, and losing a game or two. Um, last year so we're biggest goal is we're looking to just treat each game game by game and uh we get to that stretch hopefully we'll uh be on the uh, receiving side of that in a, in a positive way well i know dave is excited about uh, the defiance game about broadcasting that one i hope that at some point i get to see you guys uh throughout the course of the season and i wish you the best of luck yeah thank you i appreciate it hopefully we'll get to see you as well uh I think there's a lot to be proud of about this team. You know, we have a couple of scrimmages already in our books. They look really good. We got a couple more here Monday and Tuesday before we tip uh, our kickoff here on Friday. So, yeah, hopefully we'll get to see you some some point in time this season. That's the head coach, the Audible Big Green, and Dustin Marquardt back here in just a few. We'll talk some more soccer. 
Be more wild. Are you tired of sitting around at home this summer? Bring your family and come down to the African Safari Wildlife Park located in Port Clinton, Ohio. We have giraffe, zebra, bison, and much more. So skip the lines at the amusement park and come experience the safari for yourself. Are you tired of the normal zoo experience? Looking for an exciting way to see animals up close? Take Route 2 to the Route 53 North exit and follow the signs. Just 17 miles west of Cedar Point via Route 6. Open every day, rain or shine. Talking about volleyball as we uh, come back now and we get ready to uh, talk about St. Mary's volleyball with the head coach and Kaylee Yoder getting ready to enter, I believe, her third year and hitting it with a bang. Kaylee, I mean, you guys get that cold water spike off right out of the gate. That's not an easy way to start your season. Uh, no, we are definitely um, getting getting prepared. You know, this is our final week of practice prior to this season starting off, um, entering the spike off and having cold water. Um, being the first team that we're playing is something we're looking forward to, but it's something that we uh, definitely know we need to be prepared for. It's crazy because it's kind of unlike a lot of other sports where you almost start off with a playoff right out of the gate. Yeah, um, our, we do a lot of kind of locker room talk in the gym talk with the girls and uh, the whole as a whole team kind of looking over our schedule and saying, hey, you know, um, we've really got to be at the top of our game um, going in uh, every Tuesday, um, Thursdays, and then obviously a couple Saturdays in there as well. Um, so we just try to, you know, stay level-headed and um, just remember the goals that we set at the beginning of the season. How different is it for you, uh, kind of just looking at the way the volleyball is, that there are a couple of teams, I mean, Ottawa Glendorf's over there, where you might see a handful of times. I mean, is is it because it's so early? Is there any kind of strategic thing to that? I mean, you can't really not do something against teams like that. Right. Um, really, this early in the season, we're um, getting to the point where we are um, setting goals for ourselves. Individual players are setting goals for themselves as far as um, what we want to see um, this season become, what we think we can do this season. So our biggest goal, um, I should say my biggest goal for this season is just for us to compete in every set, uh, make sure that we're controlling the momentum of the game and making um, our competitors play to our level of play. You've got four seniors, obviously, that are, are going to be a big part of what your success is this year. Uh, how have they been in terms of getting this team ready? You're kind of – you were at an odd disadvantage of when you started because of the whole COVID thing and everything getting back to normal – but I would imagine those girls have been pretty good at the top. Yeah. Um, coming into the season, I knew um, for uh, having four seniors is such an advantage for us. We have um, some really great leadership on the court. Um, Addison Louth has played. This will be her fourth year on the varsity at, uh, at varsity level for um, St. Mary's. And then Hallie, Houston, this will be her third year on the varsity court. And then Darcy Liming and Graceland Johns both coming in second year, uh, both getting lots of playing time. So wonderful girls, um, great leadership thus far. I mean, not missing a whole lot over the summer. We had some great turnout for summer workouts, and they're really, really focused coming into this season. You have a very odd look at your schedule. I mean, you, you guys are away this weekend. And you start what seems like uh, the San Antonio rodeo trip next week when you go to Pandora. I mean, first of all, you know, you got to find Pandora. 
But then the other part right. being, uh, you go to Knoxville, you go to Wampak, New Bremen, OG, Kaleida. Oh, we get to come home next month and take on Minster. I mean, that's that's yeah. a heck of a challenge. Yeah, yeah. Um, we have, we're, the girls and I have become used to, you know, um, right out of the gate, we go um, two games a week, three games a week sometimes, and um, not having a whole lot. It's kind of nice that we... Um, are in our gym as much as we are. Um, but those those away games, they can start stacking up against you. Again, we just try to stay as focused as we can. And, um, you know, we play hard, practice hard before each game. And then uh, whatever happens, we're ready and we're looking ahead to the next game. I so. always find it funny because every coach that I've ever had uh, with that block scheduling says, yeah, but next year we have all those games at home. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. All right, but that doesn't help you right now. Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, talking to Kayla Yoder, the uh, volleyball coach at St. Mary's, uh, when you take this job, I have to ask this because I, I jokingly ask this about every St. Mary's coach. Uh, last game of the year, obviously at Salina, you played at Salina, and I I mean, how do you what, – what do you do? Do you just burn all your green clothes? <laughs> um, well, I um, didn't necessarily burn them, but they are in a box somewhere. <laughs> I don't – really wear them a whole lot anymore it's more uh blue and gold so <laughs> i say that as a joke but there are actually people who would be well why wouldn't she <laughs> i think that's the great yeah. thing about how that rivalry actually is is that there are enough people that still believe in it that you know it just kind of keeps going yeah i um even the girls um they they have a they have a good laugh about it every once in a while because they know that i am um Salina alumni so um we it is definitely a rivalry for the girls. Um, it's a game that we look forward to. We know it's going to be competitive. We know it's going to be high energy and just, um, I just have so much fun watching the girls play, um, either at home or this year we go to Salina. So it's just, it's all, it's all three years that we've played against them have been, it's been a fun match for me to watch and for me to coach. I, I know that, uh, a lot of people generally, I mean, if you look historically at the WBL, you can say, well, you're going to imagine that either OG or Salina is going to be up there in the top couple of spots. Is that kind of what you envision other than you guys this year? Um, I, um, as far as looking at our schedule and um, seeing, you know, who we're going to have to compete with in the WBL, I just feel like we, um, as a coaching staff and talking to the team, um, we know Salina is going to be competitive. We know that OG is going to be competitive, but we also, we keep talking to the girls about, you know, not counting any game on our roster as a win because volleyball is such a momentum type of game. You can go into a first set and kind of feel like you're handling a team really well. And then going into that second or third, they're making adjustments. And then, you know, we have to make adjustments. And if, if that wasn't made, you can surely lose a game easily. With all of the things that have been going on, St. Mary's Summerfest being last weekend, had the football team playing at Skip, the soccer team had their alumni tournament. How's the atmosphere right now in the school system? Everybody's just ready to go for the fall? I think so, yeah. I um, We just got done with our fundraiser, um, and everyone's just really excited. We've I've been uh, just contacting several people. Um, we always since I took over the program three years ago, I try to host um, scrimmages and just get people in the gym and get us to 
get to play in the facilities that we have because um, they're unmatched um, around here. I get so many compliments from coaches that come into our gym. They just love coming to play at our facility. So I think parents, players, um, even teachers, they're just ready for all of the fall sports. They're ready to get back into a routine. So, Well, if you guys need to raise money, make sure you hit up John Burke. He's got Muku Bucks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, don't let him tell you otherwise. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll email him real quick. <laughs> right, right. He probably won't answer. He'll just say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but it is, uh, it, it's a terrific schedule, obviously, that you guys play to get ready for the uh, postseason. And I love the way that volleyball is sort of set where you guys will play this weekend at Coldwater, and then you kind of go 1v1 for a little bit before you go over to another great tournament in Kaleida, kind of right in the middle of that, uh, in the middle of your season, but the end of that massive road trip. All right, yeah. Um, I do, um, I'm not sure how the girls feel about it, but I do enjoy the invitationals, um, just getting to play several great teams, seeing great volleyball. Um, so once, once we get through that, um, it'll be nice to just kind of relax at home. Those, those home games are always a little bit more exciting, uh, for us just because get a bigger crowd and, um, they, the girls love playing it at, in, on their home court. Well, I bet they're a lot happier about 9 a.m. at Coldwater than they are at 9 a.m. at Kaleida. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So wait a minute. Yeah, we're going where? Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Some of the girls who run track, they, they know what Kaleida is, and they've already said, that's going to be an early morning. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. The night the night yeah. before, you hoped that uh, the football game was a quick one. Yeah. Yep. But yeah. It, it is so cool. I mean, it really is a gauntlet, the way that the WBL is set up. Your last handful of games where you get Elida and Bath at home, and then you go to Salina, kind of by that point, is there a specific thing that maybe going into this season you're looking at right now of, okay, we've got a couple of things where I want, but we need to be better here? Um, we, myself and the other coaches on my staff, really always um, kind of repetitive to the point where the girls are like, we know, we know. Um, but I really just kind of hit home the idea of serving aggressively and serve receiving well we have to be able to run an offense and if we're not passing the ball well, uh, particularly in serve receive, we could, we could be in some real trouble. So we practice that for probably 45 minutes to an hour, every practice. Um, that's something that I'm hoping we have a handle on coming into the season and we're really getting our stride by the end of August. So. I would think too, speaking of your staff, you have yourself and obviously the young ladies who are, uh, underneath you, you have a very young staff comparatively to a lot of programs around the area. How much does that help kind of, okay, it's not, you know, ah, you know, back in the day when we were here, it it's not that long to kind of be able to look at the wall and go, look, this is what we've done. We can get to this point. Right. It, it's nice. Um, I, it's nice for me to kind of look at my coaching staff and say, you know, um, what do we need to do here? You um, kind of watch this for me. And then we kind of just bounce ideas off each other so much just because we are so new to the idea of running a program and building 
something um, that is going to um, lead up. I think each year we've just gotten better and better and we're continuing to grow as a whole program. It's very, I'm so family oriented when it comes to that. So it's not only me being in the gym with the high school girls, it's also me, myself and my other coaches being in the gym with the junior high girls. And um, I just call them the littles. But, you know, girls who are entering or I'm hoping they will enter the program. So I'm working with third, fourth, fifth, and sixth graders all, all year long as well. Well, that's, uh, that's terrific. I, I hope that everything goes well for you guys starting out this weekend. That That's early. Um, but, you know, you play well and play early, really early. Uh, yeah. <laughs> good luck this weekend. Thank you. I appreciate it. I, um, I'm hoping we go in there and um, just play the way we know how to play. That's Kaylee Oder, the head volleyball coach at St. Mary's, back with more here in just a couple of minutes. Getting the kids to practice on time. Remembering if it's your day to bring snacks. Making it to the game with a clean jersey. Why are simple things sometimes so complicated? Thankfully, with auto owners, insurance doesn't have to be one of them. Auto owners works with independent agents who answer when you call, so you can worry about more important things, like whether your kid is going to run toward first or third base. That's simple human sense. Call Niedeck and Hilvers Insurance in Audeville. 419-453-3448. Talking about soccer and the St. Mary's soccer with the uh, head coach of the uh, Lady Rough Riders and uh, Nick Wilson. We've had a, a pretty animated discussion before we got doing this. What people don't know is I feel like when you build a rapport with coaches uh, and you see them enough, sometimes the actual interview takes forever because you just end up talking beforehand. <laughs> Seems fair, right? Fair enough. Fair enough, yes. Uh, we were talking about uh, kind of the world of soccer. We actually, it's kind of funny for people who don't get to hear this, we kind of end up doing this interview twice because we almost have the exact same conversation the second time. Well, it's better the second time. Well, it's, it's cleaner. <laughs> I think it's cleaner the second time. Maybe, oh, that's, maybe that's what it was. Right. Maybe it just goes in a different direction. Uh, sure. Big week for you guys. Uh, it's the start of the season, finally. You get two weeks of practice and all the summer and all the camps and everything, and it sort of boils down to uh, Tuesday night when, uh, thankfully, you don't have to go to Brian. They come to you. Yeah, we went there twice last year, so so uh, so we're, we're more than happy to uh, host. Well, and that's it's kind of crazy because the way the contracts work and stuff, I was talking to the volleyball coach, and Kaylee said, you know, it is odd that we're away for like a quarter of the season right out of the gate, but I, I guess if you think about it, yeah, you'll be, you'll be home all next year. Yep. That's, I mean, that's the, that's the trade off. You, you know, you take those, those little sections of, of the schedule that, that are uh, less favorable, whatever you want to call it, you know, if you're on the road, but then you turn around the next year and you get to, to lock down several in a row on your, on your home court. So that, that definitely, Definitely helps. We love we love being at Rough Rider Field, and and uh, I'm sure I'm sure that uh, the volleyball team is of, of the same same nature there. They like to like to play at home, but you got to do what you got to do. Well, let me ask you this: You guys are coming off a 12 and seven year last year, where uh, it maybe didn't end the way that previous seasons had, and, and go as deep as you would like. But does it really matter anymore about whether the game itself is played? Against Brian at Brian or at your place? No, no, no way, shape, or form. I mean, you you have to be ready to 
to set up, play, and and give your all, no matter if you're on the road or if you're at home. And and all playing at home does is gives you potentially a little more fan base. Uh, although our fans travel very very well, so uh, we we surely appreciate that. But um, you know, some fields are are there. There's no set standard on the size of the field. There's minimum requirements as far as length and width and all that. But, um, you know, if you're playing inside a track, the width is different. So, so, uh, corner kicks are different and just general ball movement is different. So if you're, if you're used to that playing at home, you have a little bit of advantage if you will, but if you're not able to, to adjust and, uh, move forward accordingly, then you go home, (laughs) you go home with a loss. So, you, you don't get much of a choice. So, so playing at home, yes, great. Uh, playing on the road, doesn't make any difference. You still have to have to put the the ball in the back of the net and score more than they do, so that you come home with the win. It, it sounds simple when you say it that way, <laughs> right? Doesn't it? Yeah, I just I just sit on the sidelines and yell stuff. So uh, the, the girls are responsible for making that happen, and you hope that you that you've prepared them well enough, uh, put a game plan in place that. Uh, that you know they can execute, and uh, again, I'll say it for for anyone from the OHSAA that is is listening. Please, uh, please, please instill one timeout per half. Uh, so, <laughs> so when the game plan goes awry in the first five minutes, you have a chance to, to, <laughs> to pull everybody back in and and, and reset. But uh, yeah, that's a, that that is a challenge. So. That's high on their priority list. Listening to this show, I'm, I'm sure. Yes, right, right. What's he down there talking about? I have coaches say that to me all the time. You know, if I could have one thing changed and anybody's listening, <laughs> sure, why not? Uh, right, right. Please forward your complaints to uh, Nick Wilson. Thank you. There there you go, yes. Get uh, in line. You're almost an honorary member of Putnam County this year with uh, adding Columbus Grove, playing Fort Jennings, playing Ottawa Glendorf. Uh, yes, and, and you know, I, I have a nice relationship with Dave Karras at Clyda, so we, we do a – we see them usually during – our uh, early summer league to knock the rest off league. And, and uh, um, we saw them at the, uh, actually our first scrimmage of the year uh, with Coldwater. We got to uh, have a good chance to bring in uh, Paul Dingledine from, you know, the, the, the really the guy that, that established the program at St. Mary's. So we had a chance to go a little three-way scrimmage with those guys. But, uh, you know, yeah, you know, Putnam County has always been nice to me, so uh, let's let's play as many teams as we can there. I think we're going to go back to that's an off-the-air conversation. <laughs> it's very possible. Uh, yeah, Kaleida Fest isn't that far away, by the way. Right, I right, mean, yeah. You know, you only got one game a week for the first couple of weeks. Sure, sure. Yeah, we got all kinds of time to go to Pioneer Days. Right, but it's, uh, <laughs> it's a big challenge. We talked about this, and people who might not know, Brian – already has a game under their belt. Uh, they've had, let's just call it some turmoil in the offseason, but their first game, uh, 12 girls put up 23 goals. I mean, do you look at that, and we talked about it, but it's probably a more politically correct answer now, of we're just going to go in doing us, or there are very specific schematic things we think we're going to have to try to implement? No, I think overall, I mean, we, we, we go into – the, the preseason with a, a mindset of, you know, possible formation that we're going to run, um, how we're going to 
uh, tweak that specific formation, whatever. And then through through our early games, our scrimmages, we get a chance to, to try that out and, you know, swap some personnel and, and try some people in different spots and maybe maybe change that formation. But at the, at the end of the day, you know, you show up and, and you put your plan in place and it doesn't make any difference what the the record shows beforehand for us, for them, whatever. You know, you still, at the at the end of that 80 minutes, you have to have at least one more goal than they do to walk away with that with that W and, and keep moving you in the right direction. And again, you make it sound so simple. Right. <laughs> again, I just yell that to them and I hope that they execute. <laughs> right. Just go out and get one more goal. <laughs> Right. That's the, the Rocky pep <laughs> that, talk right before. That, that, that's the key, yes. I, I've heard these pep talks from uh, where I sit at in the booth up there. It's not much more <laughs> complex than that. Uh, something it really isn't. Really cool, though, uh, I saw online the last couple of days that uh, you had a young lady, Ariel Fast, get a pretty neat honor. Yeah, you know, Ariel, uh, you know, I was I just got back from practice, and I was talking with my wife, and, and uh I vividly remember seeing Ariel Fast outside of Rough Rider Field in a little patch of grass as eight, nine, ten year old. She was she was there every game, and I, I don't know how much of, of any of the games she watched, but she was usually taking on uh, uh, a boy, two boys, whatever, and just going one on one. And she has taken that mindset. Um, and applied it to her her soccer career, and she uh, between she and, and Ella Jacobs, they're the two most dedicated, hardworking off uh, off the field, out of season players that I have. And Ariel was uh, just selected as uh, one of eighteen out of a, a twelve state area for the Midwest. ODP uh, team for the for the her age bracket, which is the 2006 uh, birth year. But she's um, ODP is the Olympic Deve- Development Program, and and it's it's pretty <laughs> it's a pretty substantial honor. So she's been invited to the uh, to the ODP regional camp uh, back in July for the last three years, and. Uh, this year, she obviously had developed enough that she was invited to the to the more elite section of that camp, and uh, just found out today that she was actually selected as as one of those eighteen from a twelve state Midwest or Great Lakes area uh, to to uh, represent. So, come November, she'll be uh, in competitions with. Um, the other ODP league uh, teams from the north, the south, the east, the west, and then the Midwest or the, or the Great Lakes. So, uh, pretty pretty incredible stuff. I don't I don't know. I don't have any kind of stats in front of me, but I would say that she's one of the the very few from this area that have been able to to achieve that. I yeah, I can't remember hearing it right off the top of my head, but I mean that's that's awesome for it's her. Pretty, it's pretty yeah, it's pretty elite pretty elite so um and i'll be the first first to, to tell you that she you know if if there's ever any downtime for her uh it, it's semi-shocking because she's usually 
on the road in Tennessee with her club team. She's, you know, has been invited to this ID camp for, you know, whomever, Xavier, regional, whatever. Um, they put a lot of miles on the car and, and uh, props to her parents for uh, being willing to, to, to feed the beast and, and get her where she wants to be. But um, she is she is a hard worker and, and very well-deserving of the honor. Talking to uh, Nick Wilson, the girls' soccer coach at St. Mary's, uh, I know that every coach, and I say this with every coach, uh, the most important game is the next one, 1-1 one and one, or 1-0 one and, oh and all that. But uh, you have a 16-day stretch where you have five games in September. You have three away games with heavy hitters, Wapak, Toledo Central Catholic, and OG. Not easy places, first to get to, second to win at. But, I mean, you end that trip with Shawnee and Columbus Grove in a three-day span at home. How important is it to uh, beef up that schedule and get these girls ready for a big tournament run? Well, you know, it, it, it's incredibly important. You know, you can um, you can go into into the the, the non league games with you know let's just get a game in and, and and get some reps in and whatever else or you you can challenge your team and again I you know my 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 general philosophy is if we get beaten by a better skilled team you know, I can, I can go to sleep slightly more easily, but if we get beaten by a more fit team, that irritates me to no end because we have full control over that. We can, we can uh, make sure that they are able to, to go 80 minutes if they need to go 80 minutes. So um, if we're, we're scheduling lighter, we don't get that opportunity. We have to, to put the pedal to the metal and, and, and challenge them from the get go. And it's for the, the exact reason is that stretch, you know, that's uh, the, the league itself is brutal. And if you don't bring your a game, you know, most days of the week, you're going to go home with a loss. So uh, scheduling the, the challenging non non league in between helps, but uh, <laughs> it's, it also makes for, for some brutal stretches. So, but yeah, that's, that stretch is going to be a challenge for us. A lot of people look at the league this year, top four last year, Shawnee, OG, Salina, and you guys. Is that kind of the mix that you expect for this season? You know, it's always very hard to, to say. I think that, that the experience that, that uh, Coach Mag and her team had last year making it to the to the state finals is – you can't buy that. You know, they, they got extra games. They got extra time. They got the, the – the, excitement of playing at you know lower.com field that that's crazy and to to lose a few but to have freshmen on her on her roster that got quality minutes and to replace them with some quality freshmen coming in that surely makes makes for for a challenge uh coach o'brien at shawnee that that is a class act program um, she always, uh, you know, I don't care what her personnel is. She always has a team that will compete. Um, so you have to bring it, you know, coach Gerker at Salina, uh, he demands, uh, exceptional play and he's going to make sure that that happens. So I, you know, I would say that those, you know, the four of us 
Shorely in the mix, um, Bath, Elida. They're always <laughs> there. There's always somebody that, that that pops up and and catches some kind of spark and and figures something out mid you know mid stream that make things really really challenging challenging. But uh, you know overall the 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 four that you mentioned uh, I think are always going to be in the mix. There's there's no doubt about it. Wow! Uh, again, just kind of looking up up and down the schedule. There's uh, there's not an easy night where uh, you got to try to get one more of those goals. Right, just one more. That's just the one. Secret. That's all you need. Yeah, that's uh, right. Yeah, you don't want any of those ties. You just throw those out. But, that's like kissing your sister. Right. I wasn't going to say it. I don't even have a sister. But that's you know that's on you. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for uh, doing this, talking about your team. I appreciate it, Mike. That's Nick Wilson, the uh, head soccer coach. Please forward your complaints to him. Just find his email. Back in a few. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much to the uh, six head coaches in Corey Zenz, Michelle Mag, Jamie Bartlett, Dustin Marquardt, Kaylee Yoder, and Nick Wilson for being a part of this show. I know that uh, it was a lot of information. I hope that there was a coach in there that you really enjoyed. If not, find him on Twitter. There might be somewhere. Find me on Twitter as well and maybe just uh, lodge your complaint. But football coming up in a couple of days. I've got at least a couple of coaches. Andy Schaefer from Columbus Grove, whose team kicks off Thursday night against Pandora Caboa, and also Chip Otten, the head coach at Coldwater, talks about a lot of things that he had going on in the summer and about his team. I hope you've enjoyed the show. Thank you so much for listening to my little piece of the Internet. We hope you've enjoyed this edition of Around the Hearn. Come back next week for more local stories from the NWO. But until then, be sure to follow us on Twitter at Michael Hearn PBP for more great area content.